Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato with my colleague, Mary Gambit. Mary, we've been taping all day today. This is the final taping of the day. Uh, what's your energy level like at, I don't know, 3.30 plus in the afternoon? Oh, I, I'm shot out of a cannon today. I said some days, um, you know, a little bit more tired today. And it's so, we talk about mindset, right? And we're going to be talking about that a little bit uh, in a little bit. But I think if you put yourself in the right mindset to you're going to be positive, you're going to be productive, you're going to be passionate and energetic, then you can be in the right mindset. So I'm feeling really good. And I was telling Mary not to disclose too much because I'm feeling crappy. Can I say the word crappy? Uh, you just did, so I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> feeling crappy. But Mary, what, what's your advice to people? You're feeling crappy, you got something going on with you, you got, everybody's got something going on. Everybody but, does, yeah. You right, need to compartmentalize. Does. Yeah, I, I, what I'm do you always, mean? well, I always say, unless you know what it is to worry about, right? Why put the energy into a specific worry? Sure, you could be, you, you keep it in a little bucket in the back of your mind, but you never want to become so consumed with worry because especially if you don't know what the it is, and if you do know what the it is, then do something about it. But if the, if it's something that's out of your control at this exact moment, I push it to the side and then I try to focus on something that I do have control over, be in the moment, because as they always say, tomorrow is a gift. You have to, you know, literally live in the present. To Mary's point, without again going into more detail, I'm going through a bunch of tests right now. We don't know what, I should be all right, but who the heck knows. But Mary's point, it, while it's about our personal lives and our own health and last time people keep saying things like, well, you know, you're getting older. That, that always, I hate hearing that because <laughs> I don't even know what that's, what am I supposed to do with that? But Mary, someone could say that's about your health and life. Is that not also about leadership? It sure is. And because if you can't control, and again, I'll use the word compartmentalize, I like to make sure back in the day when my kids were younger and I was physically going to the office, when I was at work, I just thought about work. When I was at home, I tried to just think about home things. So if you put yourself in that frame of mind, exactly, if you put yourself in your lane of where you need to be in that very moment, because me thinking about right now, like, oh, you know, what do we have going on tomorrow? Or, oh, did I handle that thing yesterday incorrectly? I'm not going to be here fully present and enjoying this experience that we're blessed to have together. So that's it, the sermon for today. You heard it here, <laughs> Lessons in Leadership. Hey, Mary, um, let's do this. We're about to introduce a, some clips from a really interesting remote, I'm going to call it a seminar, Mary. It was a remote seminar we did in conversation, cooperation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a conversation we, we did, uh, Lessons in Leadership, uh, Lessons in Leadership from COVID-19 pandemic. It was a conversation we had with Michelle Sikirka, the CEO of the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. She's so easy to talk to. She's such a great leader. And I want to believe there's we have great chemistry. And I know it sounds weird to say, but we talk very easily together. We're about to show a bunch of clips and uh, from that, that seminar, that conversation. And some of it is about leadership and wellness. And this first clip, what did she say? What was the expression about being noise? noise? Oh, noise-free in 23. And I have used that, thank you, Michelle, probably 20 times. And we're only at February 1st. And it's just about being quiet, being present, and just forgetting about, you know, the phone, forgetting about your email you know, notices that are coming up. So the clip we're about to see is just uh, her sharing her perspective on that and where that came from in her life. What she said. Let's take a look. <laughs> you, you said recently in a conversation we were having that we should be, quote, I, I'm going to steal this and I will credit you. Noise-free, noise-free in 23. Um, 
what the heck does that mean? And how does it relate to our well-being? I, I'm going to conflate things, but I've been thinking a lot about leadership and well-being, our well-being and leadership. And then I heard noise-free in 23, and I'm thinking that has something to do with being introspective and just a bit more quiet. Am I making too much of that? No, no. And that is exactly, I mean, I said, I'm coming into 2023, noise-free in 23. What I mean by that is we, we all can define what our noise is. So if you need a visual, we all love the peanuts, right? Think of pig pen and think of the dust that follows him around his dust bowl. To me, that dust bowl is, is the noise. And I need to cut through the noise so I can get back to being myopically focused on the things that I can control and move the needle on and not let these distractions, this unnecessary noise, get me off my game. And I attribute all of that to what we've done here in leadership at NJBIA, right? It's it's the hedgehog. It's the Jim Collins hedgehog. My gosh, I've got I mean, Jim millions. Jim Collins, good to, good to great Jim Collins? That yes, Jim Collins? Yes, yes. What's this? Good to great. These are hedgehogs. I've got every type of them all over my office. There's like another one sitting back there. I got hedgehogs all over. The hedgehog is the animal that is myopically focused on its existence and understands keep your eye on your enemy, which is that fox that's always in the prairie trying to get them. But understand what makes you strong in the moment to overcome so that fox can't get the best of you. And from a leadership perspective, what that means in strategic planning, Steve, it's mm -hmm. the three concentric circles right? Either individually or professionally. What am I most passionate about? What am I great at? And what drives the economic engine? Mm. That's Jim Collins. When you overlap those three circles, the interconnectivity in the middle is your sweet spot, the hedgehog spot. And when you myopically focus on that hedgehog spot, you keep your eye on the prize and you march forward. All right, folks, that was Michelle Sikirka in a conversation we had uh, talking about noise-free in 23. So I'm, I'm doing the show with Mary. I'm getting all these text messages. And Mary, what do you do? We're doing the show. It's We're so trying hard. To I have mine noise. turned down. Like literally, look, you could see all the little messages because even if it's up, I, I see it out of my peripheral. So I turn it down. You turn it down? Mm-hmm. I put it down. By the way, uh, my, on my, what's your picture on your Oh, this, it's my favorite my... picture. It's my boys standing in Lake Placid, my favorite place on earth. And it's them standing on the ice in Lake Placid. What is yours? This is a picture of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really cool airbrush picture of me with nice lighting. No. This is a picture of our three kids, Nick, Chris, and Olivia. I could My see older it, yeah. son, Stephen, was not there. He's not in that picture. But yeah, kids. Our kids. Mm -hmm. Alvin, by the way, Alvin, what's your screensaver? You got to give me one second. Go ahead. So what do you got? Here it is right here. Look, it's my signature. Oh, nice Wait. signature. And you see the time. You How also see the time eight? there, right? We have 21 minutes. <laughs> is that really? Yeah, is, that, that's my Frank, signature. Frank, is Frank is your is your screensaver appropriate to be shown on Lessons in Leadership, Frank? Yes. Could, all right, give it up. It's the generic moon. Oh, you need to get generic a picture on there. The, ch Scarlin, the changing moon. Check out Scarlin's. Scarlin's going to come from around. You can tell we're doing this live. Look at Scarlin. I know you don't recognize this, but this is your chimney. This is my chimney. What are you talking about? What are you doing in my chimney? I took a picture of your chimney. Are you serious? Oh, of his chimney. That's pretty cool. Yep. Thank you. I, I love, love this. It's, it's me and my wife. 
my iPad is more interesting. It's me and my dad. That's oh, really I love sweet. That. I love that. I love this. All right, we are off the rail. We need to get back on the rail. Go ahead, Mary. Take the lead. No, I was just going to say, with the reason we got into that and sharing what's on our phones, look how easily distracted, right? That right there was a lot of noise. I love Elvin. I love Frank. I love Scarlin. But when you need to stay focused and stay in your lane, what Michelle was sharing is that, yes, you need to stay noise-free in 23. Next clip you're about to see is about leadership and lifelong learning. Came across this book recently. Uh, someone was on the Today Show talking about this, the author, uh, Dr. Robert Waldinger, about The Good Life. It's like a 70, 80-year study of these people and how they define happiness. Mary, in this book, Lifelong Learning, yes. what was the key that you said, seriously, it took you all those years <laughs> to figure it out? And I love what the fact, it? no, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. I ended up, I do have a hard copy of it, but I listened to the audio book. And it's all about relationships. It's the relationships in your life that are the key to happiness. And I just joked with Steve and I said, seriously, like, you know, I, I don't think I needed an 80 year longitudinal, longitudinal study to, to figure that out. But the way that it was written and hearing the stories of each of the people, because they do, they bring in the stories. And especially when you listen to the audiobook, was really tremendous. So I did enjoy it, but it wasn't, you know, it was just like that aha moment wasn't there, but it was great reading. Well, welcome to the Mary Gamba Book Club. Yes. So, uh, no, in all seriousness, the reason I mentioned it is because I was curious and I wanted to learn more about it. And it's not about my desire to learn or reading all kinds of stuff that may or may not be relevant. It's just wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. um, I'm learning right now about pinball. I used to play pinball as a kid, and now I'm trying to I'm getting an old pinball machine because I'm fascinated by pinball. Mm -hmm. That's the way I'm going to retire, playing pinball. In That'll my be great. Have you been to the pinball yeah. museum down in Asbury? Love it. Mm -hmm. Shout out it, to them. And Yeah. And by the way, let's get some, let's book someone from the pinball um, a museum. But the reason I'm saying it is because this clip with Michelle Sekirka from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association Conversation Seminar is about lifelong learning and reading. And it's never enough. We are lifelong learners. Let's take a look. What's interesting is... I, I've had many conversations with you where you are mentioning a new book that you came across, a concept. And so one of the themes in my book, Lessons in Leadership, you know, I can't imagine how it just got right there um, uh, automatically. Uh, that being said, in, in a new book I've been working on with Mary Gamba for the last couple of years, we talk a lot about lifelong learning. And I don't want to turn this into a cliche, oh, leaders are lifelong learners. But my sense is in the last several years, we have turned inward in a way that hopefully is healthy in that we're trying to be more introspective. We're trying to understand, understand ourselves as leaders, our strengths, our opportunities to grow, but also, frankly, I'm reading more than ever. Are you? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But because? I will say, well, we don't know it all. I, my big thing, like, I don't know what I don't know. Number one. And number two, I don't have to reinvent the wheel because chances are somebody out there already considered that thought in my mind. Mm -hmm. And number three, everybody has a different perspective, and I want to understand all the different perspectives. My kind of joke in the morning, which is not reading, but is listening, is mm. I, I will listen to two different radio stations because I want to get two different perspectives. Classic example, go from Fox News to MSNBC, and you know that what's <laughs> going on somewhere in the middle, right? 
Yeah. Uh, so ba about balance and about learning things, but, but Steve on the reading path, you know, I will always say I've probably read every potential self-help book when I was a, a, a parent of younger children. My twins are now 31. I try to read as best I can the professional books that drive towards some either competency or issue that I want to reflect on or get from, but I balance my reading now and I hmm. read off the grid too. Because really? I, yeah, I need refresh. I need downtime. I, and I, I need to read um, a great John Grisham book because I, I love Grisham as a, as a lawyer, right? I love to read um, good fiction books um, where, where I can, you know, just, and, and nonfiction where I can just go and, and let my head be somewhere else so that when I come back to where I need mm -hmm. to be, um, I'm refreshed and I'm rejuvenated. All right, folks, there you have it. Michelle Sikirka and myself. We we're talking about uh, lifelong learning. Sorry for all the delays and get everyone to look at their phone before that. Sometimes on Lessons in Leadership, Mary, wellness for me, I don't know, means goofing off and having fun. I'm being dead serious right now about humor. I, no, I'm serious too. I think when you're watching a show and people are goofing off, having a good time, I love it. If you're watching the news, there's enough bad doom and gloom and people are always looking for the, you know, the story that's going to really catch your attention. But sometimes what catches your attention is people genuinely having a good time and it was relevant. It's, it's those are distractions in our lives. And that's why Michelle just talking about the types of books that she likes to read, how she's pivoted instead of just reading about self-help books, which we all love. She's yep. like, Hey, I love a good John Grisham book once in a while. So it's okay to read things that aren't related to your job. Real quick. Uh, one book, I'm going to go around on this. One book that you are reading, Mary, not about leadership, communication, management, not work-related is? Yeah, the one that I am currently reading, and I'll get the name wrong. It's an audiobook. You know, I love my audiobooks. And it's 100 Dogs and Counting. It's about a woman who literally has had 100 foster dogs, and she goes cross-country to figure out how she can help dogs in shelters get into homes. And this helps your wellness? It, it helps me with my vision and setting intention of where I want to be, hopefully, in five or 10 years. Got it. Alvin, one book. I know you work 14 jobs and 99 hours a week. Is there something? Why are you shaking your head? Because there isn't any book that I'm reading right now, unfortunately. But there is one book that I should be reading that was given to me by my pastor. And I was looking around for it, but it's upstairs in my bedroom. What is it? But it's a book on leadership. I was going to tell you about it, actually. A book on leadership from your pastor? Yes. Wow. But why haven't you told us so we book your pastor for lessons in leadership? Well, he didn't write it. One of, one of his mentors wrote it. His name is Dr. Samuel Chan. And uh, he went to his leadership conference in Hawaii last week. Right. But I can get you the name of the book. It's upstairs on my nightstand. It's I'll such a compelling it book. It's so great that you don't know the name of it. So, um, <laughs> Frank, Frank, you got one? Frank, it's leadership left? and integrity, not leadership and lying. I haven't, I haven't been able to read a book in years. <laughs> a full Frank, book? Hold on one second. But I know this for a fact, Frank. When it comes to wellness, we're about to set up this clip on leadership and well-being and wellness. For you, music, that's your books. <clears throat> they are books for you, no? Most of the time, anything that I'm reading is just um, magazines. Or no, go back to music. Is music your distraction? Music is my distraction. Act absolutely. I actually just redid my whole family room and put in a very high-end audiophile 
listening situation. So I'm getting back to what what I, you know, my roots, which is really music and listening and creating. I haven't created any music in many years because we've been raising children. So that extra time has been dedicated to the children. I'm getting back to it because my my youngest, yeah. our youngest is 15 now. Right. Kids are incredibly selfish, aren't they? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I cut you off in the mid middle of your comment because they're no. so they have no Not idea. Uh, Elvin, by the way, Elvin, our director, just ran and tried to find that book because he's embarrassed. He doesn't know the name. Of I can't get up while I'm doing this show. And my wife and my wife texted me. She goes, I'm in a meeting. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> we'll find it, though. Don't worry. And by the way, Mary, uh, I don't know if it's appropriate to mention your, I, I just want to thank him for his service, your husband. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> share that on another show at the appropriate time. Mary, set up the leadership and wellness clip with Michelle Sikirka. Yes, so obviously we're, you were talking about leadership with Michelle and to not talk about wellness tied to leadership, especially three years into the pandemic, but not even your own wellness, but also the leadership of your team. So the let's wellness take, of your team. You said so, the I'm leadership. Sorry, the, I'm sorry. They're so interchangeable. I keep doing that today. So yes, the wellness of your team. So let's take a look at this uh, clip of you talking to Michelle about wellness and checking in with your team. Michelle, follow up on this. I want to get a little more granular with you. I mentioned before, I've been thinking a lot about leadership and wellness. Now, it isn't just our own well-being and our own wellness as leaders. Who's working out more? Who's taking a walk? Uh, who's reading more, who's spending more time with them, our well-being. But there's another question and I want to put on the table is, in these very stressful times, what, is, what are a couple of actions that we as leaders can and should be taking to promote the well-being of our team members? Now, for us, I'll be very candid, we have a 10-person team. We've gone all remote. All of our broadcasts are remote on our, on our public television production company, along with our partners at NJPBS and WNET. We, we broadcast remotely. Our team is remote. Not every organization can do that. Not every business can do that. Some people are saying, come back into the office three, four, five days a week, whatever it is. What are a couple of actions that you have taken and you want to recommend to others to promote the wellness, the well-being of team members while we're still trying to be productive and make a profit and the bottom line's right, our people's well-being matters, please. Yeah, absolutely. Lean in and listen to what they need. Really listen to your workforce, engage them and engage them one-on-one, -on -one, not just as a group. I, I try twice a year. Our staff's about 32, give or take, right. you know, FTE. I try at least twice a year. I started out monthly, quarterly, couldn't do that, right? But I tried, especially during COVID, to have a one-on-one -on -one with everybody, everybody on my staff. Number one, in a remote environment, I needed to look them in the eye. I needed to see them in their space. And I needed to understand the circumstances under which they were bringing their game to our company each and every day, mm. right? And so because when we sent everybody home a few years ago, and everybody mm. talked about a work from home, what really happened is we imposed our office into someone's home space. That's right. And, rem and remember how people were hiding behind their video? And I was <laughs> like, no, no, no. I'm in, I'm, in your I'm in your private space. If that's where your children are playing or your cat is running or your dog is barking, let it be. I've come into your home, right? But I have to listen. And so that one-on-one -on -one has been significant to me to understand because when I can look them in the eye because I can't walk around the building here and see them in their cube, 
I can see honestly and transparently if what they're telling me visually is if they're in a good place or not, because you can see the mm. stress, you can feel the pain. So that's, that's one thing. Connect directly one-on-one -on -one with your team. Maybe difficult for a really large company, but, but find a way to make it happen. And town halls are good or smaller group if you can't get one-on-one, -on -one, right? But try, try to make the effort. Walk the building like maybe you did before and stop in and check on your, on your teammates. It's really important. Number two, lead by example. If you are telling your staff, right, that they need to get off the grid, that they need to refresh, that they need to take their vacation time, because in COVID, as you know, people are like, well, I'm working from home. I can't go anywhere. I'm not taking vacation yep. time. I yep. said, take your vacation time, get a good book or go binge watch a show. Right. But if, if I don't show that I'm doing that, if I don't show that I take a day off to go take care of my mother when I have to, they're going right. to feel like they're guilty doing that. And so I think we need to set a standard for wellness and balance in the workplace. There it is, Michelle Sikirkum uh, and I talking about wellness. Hey, quick transition here. Alvin, did you get that book? I did get that book. My son, who just came home from school. Which son is this? This is my youngest. His name is Joshua. Joshua, how you doing? Good. And, and you know what? The fact that you got that for your dad, I mean, you're so considerate. Did, did, does he pay you to do that or just he's, you wanted to help him out? I wanted to help him out. Oh, my God. Why don't you have a parenting seminar? He's such a sweet kid, right, Frank? Why is Frank giving him the eye? When I first <laughs> met that kid, he knocked me in my head. I picked what? him up. Oh, man. He did. Oh, he did. He was he younger then. He was punched younger. me right in my face. I told him no I'd get kidding. him back one day. Oh, my God. <laughs> so man, kids can, kids can turn it on and turn it off like a light switch, Steve. He was younger then. He was a lot younger. Okay. Well, let, let's transition. I don't, Frank, stop with the student through that. Hey, listen, real quick. Mary, I survived another meeting. It should have been an email. Mm -hmm. Real quick, we're going to go to Michelle Sikirka. Uh, we're talking about meetings and why they stink yes, and why we they need go to on too long. Correct. We need to change that meeting culture for sure. And that's what you and Michelle talk about. So let's take a look right now. I want to do this meeting thing. So I started talking about wellness before and someone might say, well, what the heck why, why are meetings connected to wellness? And I'll tell you why. I was coaching a client one-on-one -on -one a few months ago, and it was this client, it was four o'clock in the afternoon, and this person was in the office, but it was her 10th meeting of the day. And I looked and I said, you look exhausted. And she said, well, I'm exhausted. It is my 10th meeting of the day. Here's my question. As leaders, I know what I believe, which is that we have too many meetings, we have too many meetings that go on too long. We have too many meetings that go on too long that should have or could have been an email. And sometimes the wrong people are in the meeting that don't really need to be in the meeting. And the cumulative effect of it is that we are exhausted from meetings. And then we got all of our other work to do in the meantime. Question here. To what degree have you, as a leader, stepped back and said, wait a minute. Do we even really need a meeting to do this? Could this be a phone call, a text, an email? And does everyone need to be in there? And how the heck? Do you manage not only limiting the number of meetings, but having them not go on as long, please? So at our recent staff retreat here at NJBIA, a big part of what we discussed about was, you know, communication in the, in the remote world. Not just and the importance of people pe keeping people connected, but ensuring that we're working as smart as possible and being effective and efficient because the reality was 
people are burning out from 10 hours of Zoom meetings without even five minutes to run to the restroom in between or else you're late for the next meeting. So we, we agreed uh, and we have guardrails in place. And it's so funny, we just had our staff meeting this morning and I reiterated some permissions we've given everybody. So it, it goes a whole bunch of ways. So number one guardrails, right? Um, any internal meeting is 50 minutes. 50, 50 minutes, that's 50. it. 50. That means you get that means you get 10 minutes. If you're going by the hour, you get 10 minutes to stretch, use the restroom, grab a coffee. Okay. You're not going at 1159 and a half to noon, jumping into literally, let me just zoom over here and you've never gotten out of your chair for four hours. Okay. So sure, is there exception to the rule? And then you ask permission. Hey, by the way, you okay with for another five minutes, you know? Or you're backing up, you have a hard stop. Always ask, what's your hard stop? And make sure you live, leave people a little bit of sway in there, right? The second piece though of, of permissions is, um, again, this goes both ways. We've opened up some of our meetings, which were just for a select group to say, our communications meeting, for example, hey, if anybody in the entire organization wants to hear more what's going on, you feel like you're a little out of the loop, mm. go sit in the bleachers of this meeting and listen in. It's an open meeting for everybody. And oh, of course, feel free to input if you want. That's one part of giving people more opportunity to listen to what they think they're missing on communication. The flip side of this, we've given people permission to say, you don't need me in that meeting. If you're a regular attendee and you see the agenda and you say, there's nothing that I can offer to that meeting this time, you have permission to opt out of the meeting and go use that hour for something else. So I, this is, you know, you have to do this stuff with intention now. It's not just going to organically happen. You've got to set some guardrails. You've got to have some mm -hmm. transparency about what works and doesn't mm -hmm. work. And then the last piece, Steve, is what type of communication for what type of way? What do you when mean? Should you, when, should, when should you text? When should you email? When should you <laughs> telephone? And when should you Zoom? Yeah. And we can yeah. all have an example of when we had the wrong method of communication for a particular dialogue that we wanted to have. So there you have it. What's up with our meetings? How we can make them better? How we don't really, frankly, need to have as many meetings? Who should be at the meetings? Mary, uh, tease a future segment on lessons in leadership where we're going to do a mini seminar simply called, oh no, not another meeting. Exactly. And if you've been following along, we've been giving tips and tools on how to engage, how to facilitate conversations and presentation skills. We've talked about um, PowerPoint and what we're going to be doing about it in the future. How many of us have sat through horrible, horrible, horrible meetings? They go on too long. They have too many agenda items, too many people in that meeting no direction to that meeting. So a future mini seminar here on Lessons in Leadership, we are going to give you very specific, concise tips, tools on how to facilitate, lead, and engage others in meetings, or better yet, don't have that meeting if you don't need to have that meeting. And Mary, if people want to check out our previous mini seminars, if you will, on Lessons in Leadership, where would they get that? Yes, stand-deliver.com and then go to our video library. And we also have great articles, columns Steve has written uh, on changing the meeting culture. Literally just Google meeting Steve Adubato. You'll get some really great stuff. Go to our website, stand-deliver.com, put meetings in the search and you'll find it. You know, it's so interesting. Uh, we're into branding and naming things so the people are drawn to it. I think the section on our website is called crappy meetings. Oh, I like that. No, <laughs> That's the second time you've used the word crappy. I'm curious to see if we can I should really have said air stinky that. Meetings. They're just <laughs> terrible meetings. Oh, they go on forever. They're All so right. bad. I know. All right, Elvin, one of the keys to ending a meeting is when someone else puts in the chat, say goodbye now, Steve. 
I'm saying goodbye on behalf of Elvin and Frank and Scarlin and April and Sylvester. Uh, Mary, did I leave anyone out? Amy, on the team? Amy on our closed Amy captioning. On the closed caption, I apologize. She, what a team. Goodbye. That's, I got nothing else. See you See next you time. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Pregramatis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Fedway Associates, Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, Choose New Jersey and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network. Construction companies work at the heart of our communities. So do the operating engineers of Local 825, who build our roads and bridges and ensure the safe transmission of energy that keeps us on the move. Local 825 works with contractors as partners in quality, safety, and training. Our achievements stand as monuments to collaboration that will last for generations. This message has been brought to you by the members of Operating Engineers Local 825. Better building begins here.